today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. I might look at that and say, hey, you know what? That, that's not the Christian way to deal with this thing. But I want to suggest to you this morning that it was a very Christian way, that they actually did the right thing. No doubt both of these men were seeking the Lord, and yet they came to different understandings, and so they went two different directions. This doesn't say that they hated each other or they wished some kind of ill will against each other. It just simply states that they came to an impasse on how they were gonna minister the word of God and they felt that it was better to split company and go two different ways, allowing the Holy Spirit to work in each man's life and not forcing their way upon the other. There's probably a vast majority of us that look at the split of Paul and John Mark as a sort of dramatic or tense ordeal. While scripture doesn't really give us as much detail as we might prefer, we often tend to think of the situation as a negative one. However, as Pastor David teaches us in our study today, this separation was more than likely a prayerful and considerate one. In our study, we learn that while there might be tensions at times in ministry, not everyone is called or led by the Spirit in the same direction. Now here's Pastor David with part one of his message, Standing in Hope. beginning a study in First and Second Thessalonians. Now, as we begin this, we need to realize First Thessalonians was written, well, First and Second Thessalonians was written during Paul's second missionary journey. That puts it around the time frame of 52 to 54 AD. Now, again, uh, outside of the book of Galatians, actually, they believe to be the very first book that the apostle Paul wrote, or the first letter that he sent out that we have available to us. After that was First Thessalonians. Now, in order for us to get the full extent of understanding of the, uh, the content and the intent of First Thessalonians, we actually need to find it within the context of Paul's travels. So as we're looking today, as we begin our study in 1 Thessalonians, hopefully you have your Bible with us, with you. Uh, take your Bible, please, and turn to the book of Acts. The book of Acts. Uh, we're gonna look at chapters 16 through 17. Actually, we're gonna back up a little bit further. We're gonna go 15 through 18 this morning. And you, some of you who have been with us for a while says, yeah, right, like he's gonna cover four chapters this morning. Ain't gonna happen. Well, actually it will, it, but you're gonna have to listen quickly, okay? 
I really want you to have your Bibles with you during this series. Uh, I, I always want you to have your Bibles with you. And I know that some of you don't bring your Bible with you because you find it difficult to read in this setting, uh, whatever it might be, whatever the situation might be. Some of you don't bring your Bibles because you know you have it on your cell phone. You got like, you know, 450 different versions of the Bible on your cell phone or your iPad or whatever. And I understand that. But uh, one thing about bringing a Bible, it allows you to take notes. It's a little bit harder on the electronic version to take the notes. And some of you, you, you don't bring your Bibles to church because you can't find them. Now, you guys I need to talk to, okay? But seriously, I, I really want to, you to have your Bibles in, in front of you as we're going through this study in order that you, not, you could also read what we're reading, but you could mark it up and, again, keep notes with it. Now, if you have a hard time putting marks in your Bible, leave that one at home and get you another one that you can mark in, okay? Or if you notice that the person next to you has a hard time marking their Bible, just lean over and mark it for them, Okay? <laughs> Uh, the words are sacred, but this is paper, okay? And the more you use this and the more that you can mark that up for your own learning, the better. So again, what we do here is we go through the Bible, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, and you need to see for yourself, again, that in these pages, we find the plan, we find the purposes of God being worked out quite often through common and ordinary events, God working his purposes out, and many times also through miraculous or supernatural events, and we're going to be seeing that even in the midst of this study. So, what I'd like for you to do is really covenant with me to start bringing your Bibles, to bring them with you. Bring a pencil or a pen or something to be able to mark that up. Okay, that's enough of that soapbox. Let's move into the study or you'll never get there this morning. Again, as we, we're, we're, we're looking at studying First Thessalonians, but because First Thessalonians was actually an, an, an outgrowth of that second missionary journey, this is where we're going to begin. Paul and Barnabas had completed the first missionary journey, and they were back in Jerusalem meeting with the disciples there at Jerusalem and explaining to them how God was moving in the lives of the Gentiles as they had gone out on their first missionary journey. Many of these Gentiles, they were coming to a saving faith in Jesus Christ, and these Jewish believers, they didn't know what to do with them. I mean, We're Jews, they're saying, and we've come to a saving knowledge of Christ, but we still keep the rituals, we still keep the ceremonies, we still keep the law, and you're a Gentile, and you don't know anything about the law, you don't know anything about our ceremonies, what do we do with you? And so that's the predicament that they found themselves in. And so now what is now called the First Jerusalem Council Paul and Barnabas and with the other disciples and some of the other Jewish believers, they're meeting during that time, a multitude of individuals. Hopefully, you are in the book of Acts. We are in chapter 15. We're gonna look at a quick passage there in verse 12. This is in the midst of this council meeting that they're having. Acts 15, verse 12. It says, then all the multitude kept silent and listened to Barnabas and Paul declaring how many miracles and wonders God had worked through them among the Gentiles. 
And so the council then, they determined that, that, that not only would they accept the Gentile believers into the church, but they also determined that they weren't gonna lay on them any of the Jewish laws. Again, you're not a Jew, you don't know anything about these. They gave them a couple of directions, a couple of uh, encouragements on particular things, but by and large, they let them, again, be who they were. When the council then uh, continued on in their discussion, they felt led then to send Paul and Barnabas back out again on what would be the second missionary journey to encourage these new believers and to continue to teach them in the word of God. But in verse 36, still here in Acts 15, we find a sudden problem arises. Verse 36, then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Now Barnabas was determined to take with him John called Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them in the work. Now, back in Acts 13, we're not gonna go there, but many of you know it. If not, you can go back to Acts 13 and find out. John Mark, a young man, had been brought along with them on that first missionary journey. John Mark was actually a a nephew or a relative of Barnabas. Uh, When they got to Pamphylia, for whatever reason, John Mark decided he was gonna go home. Uh, Whether he was homesick, mama sick, whatever, it didn't like the foreign food, whatever it was, John Mark went home. Paul was still upset about that. And he said, I'm not gonna take a quitter on this second missionary journey. And Barnabas wanted to give him another chance. Well, verse 39 tells us that the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. Barnabas and Paul parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by their brethren to the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Now, this is what begins the second missionary journey of the apostle Paul. But this time, it's Paul and Silas, not Paul and Barnabas. Now, you did notice here, no doubt, that we have two very mature Christian men having a disagreement over, I believe, yeah, a pretty important matter. One believed one way, the other one believed another way. And as a matter of fact, Luke tells us right here that that contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. Some might look at that and say, hey, you know what? That, that's not the Christian way to deal with this thing. But I wanna to suggest to you this morning that it was a very Christian way. They actually did the right thing. No doubt both of these men were seeking the Lord and yet they came to different understandings and so they went two different directions. This doesn't say that they hated each other or they wished some kind of ill will against each other. It just simply states that they came to an impasse on how they were gonna minister the word of God and they felt that it was better to split company and go two different ways, allowing the Holy Spirit to work in each man's life and not forcing their way upon the other. I believe that for these two men, it showed maturity, I believe it showed strength, and I believe that it showed conviction on what they believed on both men's part. 
It's also interesting that Paul's attitude toward John Mark changed later on in life. We don't know if John Mark matured or Paul mellowed out. We don't know. But uh, between the two, we do find out. Remember when we were in 2 Timothy, Paul writing to Timothy, he says, hey, be sure to bring John Mark with you when you come to Rome because he's useful for me in the ministry. Well, for now, Paul and Silas, they head out on their own through the provinces of Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. And as they travel, we read in Acts now chapter 16, verses one and two, that they came to Derbe and Lystra. And behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed, but his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iconium. Now, this is where the confusing part, remember, we just got through with studying the books of First and Second Timothy, Timothy being a pastor in Ephesus. Well, this is the beginning of Timothy's ministry, the beginning of Timothy's time with Paul, and this is where we're at. He's now part of this missionary team. He's gonna be gaining his training not only as a missionary, but simply as a servant of God to the church of God as he's traveling with the apostle Paul. Verse five tells us, that the churches were strengthened, they were blessed, and they were encouraged as this ministry team ministered to them along the route. It was during this time that Paul and the ministry team, they desired to go north into the Asia Minor area, to go up into the province of Bithynia. But in some way, the Holy Spirit did not permit them. It's at this point that I'm reminded of Proverbs 16, 9, that it's in his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. So here's the first lesson for today I want you to hold on to. How many times do we find ourselves beating our heads against the door, trying to get through, when in reality, it's God who's closed the door, desiring that we go, a different route. I'm certain that at that particular time, Paul didn't understand all that was going on. He was a godly man seeking to, again, follow the Lord's direction in his life, and it said that he tried to go north, that there was a certain effort that he had to go north to do the right thing, to, again, proclaim the message of the hope of the gospel to the Gentiles up in that area. Paul was doing a godly and a right thing, but God said, no, I don't want you going there. I tell people one of the reasons why you have a pastor with a very high forehead from hitting my head against that wall so many times where God says, no, I don't want you to go, but it looks so good, Lord. It looks like the right thing. And he's saying, no, 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 we don't know how the Holy Spirit hindered him but the Holy Spirit hindered him and kept him from going up there. So now, instead of ministering in Asia, they actually traveled all the way through Asia. They arrived at the port city of Troas, and it's here that the Lord gave Paul a clear understanding of where he was to go with the gospel. Look down in verse nine. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately he sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. 
Paul and the ministry team, they now set sail again to the province of Macedonia. After going through a couple of other small cities, they arrived at Philippi. Philippi was a major city of Macedonia at that time. It was a Roman colony. And here they stayed for several days. And again, if you've read the book of Acts, you're reminded of the meeting, the woman Lydia sharing the gospel with her, baptizing her and her whole household. We see a great move of God going on. That's found in verse chapter 16, verses 11 through 15. Well, during that time, there in Philippi, a demon-possessed girl started following behind Paul and Silas and the team. And down in verse 17, we read that she begins proclaiming out, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. Paul didn't need a PR team. Uh, particularly a demon-possessed PR team, if you know what I mean. Uh, and, and here this woman just continued this and continued this. I love what it says there in the second half of verse 18. But Paul was greatly annoyed. You know, you, you, know you can be spiritual and be annoyed at the same time. Paul was greatly annoyed, and he turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out of her that very hour. Well, that was great for the young woman. Man, the demons were gone. But you know what? For the guys that owned her or controlled her, suddenly that was a pretty big economic hit for them. And so because they used to gain money or make money off of this woman, I don't know what it was, maybe telling fortunes or some other thing, we don't know. But because now they weren't able to do that, they trumped up charges against Paul and Silas and the team. And Paul and Silas, they were arrested, they were beaten and thrown in prison. Second lesson this morning, I want you to understand. You do realize, of course, that there are times when you are doing the exact will of God in your life, you see his hand of of miracles working in the direction that you're going, and the enemy comes at you so hard, the persecution comes on you so hard, trials come into your life that you can't even begin to imagine, but yet you're still doing the will of God. God, I'm doing what I thought you told me to do. Why is this so hard? Why am I struggling so much in this? It's because the enemy is trying to hinder you from doing what God has called you to do. Just because it's smooth sailing, folks, doesn't mean that that's the exact way that God wants you to go. As a matter of fact, as we look at this, we find out almost just the opposite. The rest of Acts 16 tells us that Paul and Silas, they went into the prison, and yet they continued to praise God even as the other prisoners were listening. Lesson number three, the unbelieving world around you does listen and does watch how you and I respond to the difficulties in our lives. You might think they don't hear when I try to share with them the gospel. They don't hear when, they, when I try to share with them the hope that's within me. 
But you know what? They are hearing and they are listening and they are watching your life. And how you respond to the difficulties of your life makes a big difference in how they respond to the wooing and to the call of God in their life. Are they going to hear and see us praise God even in the times of darkness? Or will they simply hear and see us curse the darkness as we allow the circumstances surround and control us? Well, at midnight, during this time of praise and worship, the Lord brought about an earthquake that opened up the prisoners' doors, released all of their chains, and yet all of the men stayed right where they were. The prison guard understood what was going on. He started to take out his sword and kill himself. Paul cries out from the depths of the prison and says, no, don't do that. We are all here. Now, here is where the powerful part comes in. Look down in verse 29. It says that then... The jailer called for a light. He ran in and fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Why was that there? Because Paul and Silas responded to the circumstances that they were in, not by moaning and groaning and cursing the darkness, but by giving praise and worship to God, even in the midst of the chains, even in the midst of the difficulty and the trial that they were going in, they continued to praise God. And that made such a powerful impact on that jailer's life that he comes running to them. What must I do to be saved? Guys, how you and I respond to the difficulties in our lives makes a huge difference in people's lives. Will our neighbors, will our friends, will our family, even our enemies, as they're watching us, how will they see us deal with our situations? You can bet their eternal life that it does make a difference how you and I respond to the difficulties of our lives. After they were released from prison, the city magistrates requested, okay, we release you guys. Would you mind leaving? So Paul and Silas and most of the missionary team left Philippi. Uh, Verse 40 says they went out of the prison and they entered the house of Lydia. When they had uh, seen the brethren, they encouraged them and then they departed. And that brings us to chapter 17. Now, as Paul and the others head out of Philippi, verse one says, they, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica. You were wondering if we were ever gonna get to Thessalonica, right? Okay, they're, they're now in Thessalonica. And there was a synagogue there of the Jews. When Paul, as his custom was, went into them for three Sabbaths, he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that Christ had to suffer and raise again from the dead, saying, this Jesus, whom I preach to you, is the Christ. Well, here we are. We're in Thessalonica. Well, better yet, Paul and the ministry team. They're in Thessalonica. The reason I took such a circuitous route to get there is to help you to understand a couple of things. Just what we've seen already. Number one, if we are willing, God will direct our paths and lives for his glory. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge the Lord, and he will direct your paths. The second thing that hopefully you've seen, sometimes even as we're doing his will, our lives can face some really traumatic events, even when we're doing the right thing. 
Thirdly, how we respond to these events and these situations will be a witness to the world around us. Even if they don't listen to the gospel as we speak it, they will listen to the gospel as we live it out during the trauma of our lives. It's one thing to be a Christian when everything is wonderful, but are you truly a Christian when all hell breaks loose against you? Remember, God is still in charge. Another note, another lesson. 2018, brand new year. It can be a year that God uses you powerfully as a way to demonstrate his glory, his, his, his majesty, his, his grace, his, his, his mercy. He, he can show that through your life to those that know you. But in order for that to happen in your life, you might have to go through some difficulties. So my question to you this morning is, are you willing to be used for his glory or do you want to remain comfortable? There is a difference. If you're gonna be used for his glory, there's gonna be a lot of times you're not gonna be comfortable. We're so glad you took time today to listen to The Open Word, but even more so that you chose to open your heart to the truth of the Bible. If you want to study further in Pastor David's series in 1 Thessalonians, you'll be able to do so at our website, theopenword.com. Just click Teachings at the top of the page to find our library of past messages. You're welcome to download them for free, share them with your friends and family, or just listen right there online. While you're at our website, you'll be able to learn more about Pastor David and why he has such a great passion for sharing the truth of the gospel through the ministry of the open word. Pastor David is the senior pastor at Calvary Chapel Casa Grande, and he'd like to extend you a personal invitation before our time is up today. Oh, absolutely. We here at Calvary Chapel Casa Grande, we've got a seat waiting for you at our worship services. Come by on Saturday or Sunday or even Wednesday if you like, and we guarantee you'll meet some smiling faces and discover more about Jesus. We're nothing special as a church, just a diverse group of Jesus-loving people who delight in the challenge of the truth of God's Word. Come as you are, and you'll fit right in. You'll be able to find out more about us when you visit our website, theopenword.com. Thanks, Pastor David. That website again once more is theopenword.com. Just follow the link to our church's homepage. With that, our time has officially run out today. There's much more to learn from the book of 1 Thessalonians, so join us next time on The Open Word. Make us more.